Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. We're going to begin reading here this, this afternoon or this morning. Verse number one. Just read a couple of verses here today. If you don't mind standing for the reading of the word. It says, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day, they'll say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. To sing unto the Lord. For he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Amen. This is a song of exaltation, a song of praise. It's, it's a song of deliverance. It's a song of salvation. Praise God. If you could just... Put your Bibles down. Let's just lift up your hands one more time all around this place. Amen. I just want to ask the Lord just to meet us here once again, Lord, in this place. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for your presence, Lord, that we've already experienced. But I pray, Lord, that you would just make yourself known, Lord, in this place right now, Lord, for somebody who is searching for you. Lord, that you would present yourself, Lord, in a way, God, that we could receive you today, wholly, completely. Lord, I pray that anything that would come against you and your word right now, Lord, that it would be uh, set aside, Lord, that it would not uh, not be able to, uh, to to stop, Lord, anything from coming, Lord, any distractions, any hindrances, Lord, to be bound up, Lord, that you could just have your way free, freely in this place, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. You can be seated here today. This this portion of this chapter in Isaiah, it's it's a song of praise. It's the song that Isaiah is, is is singing here about the deliverance of the people of of Israel. It's the deliverance of Judah out of the captivity that they had been in in in, in Babylon. In fact, this is looking forward to that day, but it's singing that song. It's Really, it's, it's reminiscent of, of the song that Miriam began to sing. If you think about the, the children of Israel, when they came through that Red Sea, they had been delivered miraculously from Egypt. The story of, of all these plagues, and we know the, these, these different plagues that God had sent the way of Egypt and, and eventually Pharaoh said, just leave, just get out of here. We were tired of your God coming against us. And so he set them free and he, he let them go, but it didn't stop there because they had ended up pursuing them with their armies. And so we have them trapped at the Red Sea. But again, God showed up. 
And as God showed up on that day, he parted the Red Sea and made way for the children of Israel to cross on dry ground. As soon as they get across, the, the, the cloud of, of fire, the pillar of fire, it, it lifted and the, the Israelites' army came after them once again. But God had set them up because as soon as their armies had made their way to the depths of that sea, by, uh, sea floor, all of a sudden the, the waters came crashing over them and we see a complete, total victory over the armies that had once held them captive. And upon seeing this, we see Miriam, the, the sister of Moses, begins to sing a song of praise, a sing, a sing a song of deliverance, a song of salvation out to God and just saying, God, you cast the enemy into the sea. God, you'd set us free. You delivered us. We have been set free. We once were bound and were no longer the children of captivity. I'm no longer the children of captivity. This is the same kind of song that Isaiah begins to sing here. He's saying, we once were bound. We once were held in captivity. But God, you set us free. On this day, God, I'm going to lift up your name. For your name is worthy to be praised. God, you are worthy to be praised. Come on, is there anybody in this house today who thinks that God's name is worthy to be praised? Yes. Amen. I once was bound up. I once was, was held in captivity by sin, but sin no longer has a hold on me. Sin, all the chains of sin have been broken on my life. I have been set free today. I'm thankful for it that Jesus had came and he set me free. Amen. That we have a reason to praise him. I have reason to lift up his name today. If you wonder, why it is that we sing these songs as we were just singing. It's because God set me free. Amen. He gave me the plan of salvation and I've experienced it. I've walked through it. I, I have been saved in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was lost, now I'm found. Amen. I once was caught up in that which God hated. But now you can find me with my eyes wide open to the things that God has presented before me in this new life. Amen. It's not the old life of sin, but it's a new life of new opportunities, of new things that God has planned for me. Amen. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Amen. Because God has greater things in store. He didn't just set you free or save you in order to put you into this, this into a, a life that doesn't have present any opportunities for anything. But God came to give you a new life, a better life, a much greater life than you ever could have ever experienced without Him. Amen. When I once was lost, amen, but now I'm found. Praise God. See, verse 3 of of this passage in Isaiah, it, it reads, it says, With joy we shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. And that's where I want to pull our title from today. It's from that scripture. It says, uh, I want to talk just about those wells of salvation. He, he says, it's with joy that, that we draw water out of the wells of salvation. And uh, throughout history, if, if we I just want to, look into these wells a little bit because throughout history 
we have consistently been, um, uh, uh, there's consistently been this, uh, this need for water. It's been a uh, valuable commodity no matter where you're at. You have to have water in order to survive, particularly in areas where water is scarce. There's still areas today where water is scarce. It's been, um, there's been uh, canals and things that have been dug in order to, uh, to, to make those areas less and less uh, so that there's access, ready access to water in more areas today than there ever has been. But there's still areas today where water is scarce. And it's in those areas that we see that, that water is a very valuable commodity. In fact, wells themselves are even more valuable than the streams or the rivers uh, that might go through those, those areas because, uh, because in, in dry times, those rivers may dry up. In times of drought, the, the streams, they, they, may become a, uh, they may become just a, a ditch that's there with no water filling them. But, but if it's a well that's dug in a place where there is an abundance of water, if you've tapped into a place deep down in the ground where there's water, it doesn't matter what the environment on the outside is, you always will have access to the water. And so the wells throughout history have been this very valuable thing. Abraham, we see him at, uh, as, as a man that was blessed by God. We see that, that his wealth, it grew uh, tremendously as, as he traversed throughout the land which God had sent him into. And, and, uh, and I'm sure that, that one of the reasons for this was because God led him to certain places to dig and to uh, to, to find some wells, to find a place where there was a wellspring of water. And we see throughout the time of, of, of Abraham's journeys that there were several different wells, in fact, four different wells that were dug by Abraham and his servants. Perhaps even, we see four recorded for sure, and that it looks like perhaps there may have even been up to seven or ten different wells that Abraham dug. And, and you can see... How, uh, how, how this would benefit him. You can see the benefits that would come when you're traveling with all these animals, traveling with all these, uh, this, this large group of people that he's, he's going about and, and to have a well that you have access to water. That was, was no small thing. And so we see Abraham as he's digging this well, these wells. There's one of these wells that is called Beersheba. Beersheba means seven wells and the wells of an oath. Now today, if, if you want a well and you call someone in who has the right tools, you have the right, they have the right hydraulics or the, the high-powered equipment to, to dig right through the layers of the earth, you, eventually they're going to reach the water table that's hidden underneath. But they didn't have those tools in that day. They had to dig these wells out with their rudimentary tools that they had it's by hand they didn't have the hydraulic systems that we had today they had to dig imagine that digging through layers and layers and layers of not just dirt but the limestone and the bedrock before finally coming upon the entrance of where the water is buried deep below see oftentimes 
their work, their work, it would be completely undone by, by this, this, the walls of that well just collapsing in and, and it would just stop all the progress that they had just made because, uh, because the walls collapsed in. But Genesis tells us that Abraham went and he dug these wells. He was the rightful owner of these hard fought or hard, uh, Hard work. It was hard work that it was to dig all of these wells. And here he is, the owner of these things. That meant, as the owner of these wells, that he could charge others to come to them. If there's others that are around, that they have sheep, they have herds, and, and maybe even just for themselves, they need water. He, as the owner of the well, he is the one who, who uh, went through all the hard work to dig it, was able to charge money and and they could come and they had access to this water. It was an unlimited supply of water once they had completed the well. See, the Bible tells us that there were treaties that were made. There were treaties that people would make with, with Abraham over the well. There were nations that, that they wanted access. And we see one of them, King Abimelech, who he was, he was in, this, in this valley of Gerar that he came and he made a treaty with, uh, with, with Abraham over a well. In fact, I, it's kind of going off a little bit, but, but that well, um, that well that, that they made a treaty of was named Lehori, which, uh, which means the well of the living seeing one. The well of the vision of life. It's the well of the vision of of life and the place that that well was was dug was in the valley of Kadesh. It was in this place of Kadesh, which is the Hebrew word. That word Kadesh is the Hebrew word for holiness. Well, there's something about that that when I that there is a vision for life in the place of holiness. We, we could go through all these different wells, the names of the wells, and you can find such uh, such incredible things that come out of them, but. We're just going to stick with the, the wells themselves today. But, uh, but, but the fact that you can find a vision for life in the place of holiness. That's where he dug, in the place of holiness. And he found a vision for life. See, but this well, these wells that he dug, were a place and a source for life. In Genesis chapter 26, it tells us that after the death of Abraham, it says that the Philistines that came, the people of, of that region, they came and they they. Uh, dug with dirt and they filled all of the wells that Abraham had, had originally dug. And they were trying to dismantle everything that he had built. They had seen the wealth that had come to Abraham because of the wells. And so they're saying, I, I don't want his children. I don't want his descendants to get the same benefits that he had. So it looked like a prime opportunity for them to just stop the progress of everything that God had blessed him with. But Isaac, the son of Abraham, says, if my father went through all the hard work of doing this, then it's all right for me to get my hands dirty. So there's sometimes when we need to get our hands a little dirty as well. We can't just, just count on the, the generation that came before us to have established everything. But I need to establish some things myself as well. 
I need to dig some wells myself. I need to do some things myself of those which came before me. If it looks like I need to go and I need to establish some things again, then I'm going to dig the wells. I'm going to get down to the bedrock. I'm going to get down to where the water is at. I can't count on the generation that came before me. I can't count on my parents for the salvation that they had. I need to experience the salvation promised for myself. Church, you can't, you're not, you're not getting into heaven off the coattails of your parents, young people. We don't see in scripture any time where it tells us that there are grandchildren of God. There's only children of God. Children of God are the only ones that exist. It's a one generation experience as far as that relationship goes. You can't get in on the coattails of somebody else. And so Isaac went and he dug again the wells which his father had dug. Okay, kind of just setting us up just a little bit this morning. So uh, hopefully you understand where we're going today. Because these wells, Isaiah said, there were wells of salvation. Wells of salvation. The wells of salvation are the very things that we have access to today. These are wells that, that you will find here today that are present, that they have been dug and they have been springing forth water over 2,000 years ago, that the well did not move, but I have access to the same well of salvation that was present then and I need to go to the very well of salvation. It hasn't moved for 2,000 years. That well of salvation has not moved. So let's go back to the very words of Jesus. Jesus Christ and find where can I find my salvation? Where can I find the answer to life? Where can I find the answer to my way forward? See the wells, those wells, they don't move around the earth. When Abraham built a well, he couldn't take that well with him. So I had to dig another well over there and another well, and another well. There were the wells, but the well itself, it stood still. The well of salvation, it's not going to move. This plan of salvation, it does not change. This place, this place where you have access to the spirit of living water, it's not going to change. The way, come on, the methods of, of, of how, how we come and we do church and we, we might come together and that, a little bit of that may change, but the message is never going to change. The message of salvation is never going to change. The message will never change. The wells are not going to move. The wells of salvation, they stand past. So if you hear a message that differs from the message that's in here of this well of salvation, then that well is not the well. That well is not the well. I want the well that springs up from the word of God. I want the well that springs up eternal. I want the well that Jesus talked about. I want the well that Peter tapped into on the day of Pentecost. I want the well of the first church. I want that well. I want that message of salvation. For the wells of salvation, they do not change over time. But I need to dig deep into the very place where the water water is going to continue bubbling up where the water will continue to be present see jesus he spoke of this 
he, he, he confirmed it when he was, he was getting ready to leave in this earth. And he told Peter, he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give to you the keys to the kingdom. And he was, when he did that, he was giving Peter this, this promise that you're going to be the one who will start this movement of my church. You're going to be the one that's going to be, preach that message on the day of Pentecost when this church will be established and you will bring this, this, uh, this message of salvation to the masses. And so Jesus, he sends them to Jerusalem. He goes and they go and they pray in Jerusalem and he says, seek the comforter, seek the, the, the spirit that I will send. I'm going to go away to my father, but I will come back and I will dwell in you. Not just with you, I will dwell in you. So when they go, they go to Jerusalem and they begin praying and they pray, and they pray and they pray for 10 days. They're praying and then, and then all of a sudden it says an in swept on that day of Pentecost. On that final day of that Pentecost feast, this, the Holy Spirit began to sweep into the room. And they began to be filled one after another, after another, after another. There was evidence that they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That they were filled with that Spirit which Jesus had prophesied of. And they began to speak in other tongues. They began to speak in other tongues. Now, now. You may ask yourself, if you are not familiar with that today, you know, is that necessary? Is it necessary that we speak in other tongues? Well, I see through Scripture that the only thing that is always present when somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost is that there was always a, a, somebody that would speak in a language that they did not know. We find that evidence over and over and over and over throughout Scripture that they would speak in a language that they did not know. That was the outward evidence of something that happened on the inside. And so if you're seeking His Spirit today and you want to receive the Holy Ghost today, you keep on seeking until you get the evidence that there is something supernatural that happened, that God took over in my life and I began to speak in another language. And that sound that is a sign of his sealing spirit which dwells inside of you amen so the people asked on that day was as they began to all be filled with the holy ghost there is a crowd of people outside that asked the question what is going on here what is happening in this upper room, in this place, that sound crazy. They sound drunk. They sound like they're out of their mind. It's nine o'clock in the morning and they've been partying all night long. And Peter says, no, we're not drunk as you think we're drunk. We are under the influence of something, but it's not of the wine which you think. We have a new wine. We have the Holy Spirit. I'm under the influence of God Almighty. I'm under the influence of something that is supernatural. And so while you may look at me and think that I'm crazy, that's all right because my God just filled me with something that supercharged me to feel, come on, like I can just go and do anything because my God set me free. My God set me free. So they ask the question, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do to be saved? So Peter, he stands up just as Jesus had promised him and handed him the keys to the kingdom. 
He stands up and he begins to preach to them a message of salvation. And in this conclusion of the message, as they say, what must we do to be saved? He tells them, repent of your sins. Now, repentance is not just, I'm sorry. Repentance is saying, I am sick and tired of the way that I've been living my life. And I'm going to abandon that way of life. I'm going to pursue God from now on. It's no longer about me. But it's about having my eyes set on Him. And my purpose set on Him. That's what repentance is all about. He says, repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you that you're dipping out of a well that is not the well that Peter preached of. The well of salvation, it comes. I'm talking about this well that Peter preached as Jesus had instructed him on the day of Pentecost. They were baptized. He says, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. It's not just to join a church. That's not what baptism is about. Baptism is not my, my, my stamp on my card to say that I'm now a member of New Life Apostolic Church. It's, it's a stamp on my life that Jesus says, here's the seal. Your sins have been washed away. You have had my name established in your life because I died on a cross for you, but you, in obedience to my word, went under the water and were buried in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, I'm telling you, do not wait. Do not, there's no reason to, 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 to try to, uh, to try to do it our own way or to try to figure this out some other way. Let's just be in obedience to the Word of God. We have water ready today. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name today, you can be baptized today. Amen. If you're ready to receive that message of salvation, if you're ready to dip into the wells of salvation today, it's ready for you today. Amen. Go and tell somebody else about it. Go and tell them. Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Uh, You need to be baptized in Jesus' name in order to have your sins washed away. Amen. But it didn't stop there because he says once you have repented of your sins, once you have been baptized, you can receive and you will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The infilling of the Spirit of God. You will receive this. It is a gift. There's nothing that you have to do to beg. There's nothing that you have to do except to say, Lord, Lord, I'm all yours. God, I'm all yours. I submit my life to you, God. I lay my life out, Lord, and I am yours, Lord. You just have your way in my life. And when you come to him in humility, when you come to him without all the pride in your life built up with with all these barriers, and you come and you submit yourself to him, God will fill you with his spirit. As I said, there will be evidence of it. You will speak in another language. You will speak in tongues. Amen. There is only one way to heaven. There's only one well. 
There is only one well of salvation. There is only one way that we come to Him. So don't you go searching for, for a well that moved to another location. I want the one well that Jesus uh, talked about. I want the one well that Peter preached of. I want the one well that the first church, the original church that they experienced. I want the well of salvation. I'm not searching for other wells. I want that well of salvation. Amen. There was a time that uh, John tells us about Jesus when he visited uh, that very same uh, the very same well that Abraham had dug. It's his well in Beersheba. It's in John chapter 4. That we see this, this, uh, this time where Jesus is visiting this well. And he, he, he sought it out. It wasn't just by half a chance. But, but he sought out going there in order to meet a woman who was there at that well. It's verse 9 of John chapter 4. It says, Then saith the woman of Samaria to him, How is it that thou... Being a Jew, ask us a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. But Jesus answered and he said to her, If you just knew, if you just knew the gift of God, and who it is that says that they give me to drink, you would ask, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you don't even have anything to draw water out of this well with. And yet, you say, I will give you living water? Verse 12, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and he drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered, and he said to her, said to her Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water which I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. I want the water that is everlasting water. I want the water of everlasting life. That's the kind of water that Jesus wants to present to you today. Something that will last far beyond this life. Something that will last far beyond just a temporary uh, filling up or a temporary high. He says, I want to give you something that will last for eternity. Living water. Water that comes out of this place of everlasting life. Amen. What a response when the woman hears about this. Says, I want some of that. I want some of that. I hope that there's something in you today that would say, God, let me drink of this water. Let me drink of the water of living. Let me drink of the living water. God, out of your well of salvation. Remember, it was in Isaiah 12, verse 3, where he says that there is, you will, well, with joy, draw water out of the wells of salvation. With water, draw, or with joy, draw water out of the wells of salvation. How much joy does it bring us to when you experience this life that Jesus Christ has to give us? How much joy there is in experiencing this kind of water, this everlasting water. When you draw that kind of water out of this well of salvation, amen, there's nothing like it. These wells, they will never run dry. 
the blood which flowed from Calvary, it will never stop flowing. You have access to it today. It doesn't matter who, who you are today, no matter what you've done, you have access to the salvation that Jesus has provided for you. You have access for it, to it. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus Christ, is, he already gave his life for you, and he's calling you in, and he's saying, come, come. Come to the well. Come and experience the salvation, this well of salvation that I have for you. Amen. This is not just streams that are going to dry up. This is the well. A well of salvation. I want to, I want to go to John chapter 7. We're, we're, we're going to come to a close here, here soon. But John chapter 7, verse number 2, says the Jews' feast of tabernacle, it was at hand, and his, his brethren, therefore they said to him, depart hence, go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. Let's skip down to verse 37, that same chapter. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus, he stood and he cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, they said, of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? The scripture said that Christ cometh out of the seed of David, not of the town of Bethlehem, where David was. To the wells of salvation, they were opened up on the day of Pentecost. The Feast of Tabernacles, which, which we read about here, is this seven-week-long feast that culminates in this 50th day celebration. This 50th day, and that 50th day is the day of Pentecost. That literally means, Pentecost means 50th day. And so on the day of Pentecost, Jesus, he tells his followers, if any man thirst. Listen to this. This is on the day of Pentecost when Jesus says this. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the wells of salvation here. Wells that spring up for eternity. They don't run dry. He's talking about the spirit. Says this spake he of the spirit. Jesus, he hadn't been glorified at that point But once Jesus was glorified, the next calendar year turns. And on the very day when Jesus had said, Out of of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. If any man come, or if any man thirst, let him come unto me. And he will drink. He can drink of this. On the day when Jesus was not there, on the next day of Pentecost... All of a sudden, he opens it up and he says, now that I'm gone, now that I've been glorified, now come and you have access to that well. You have access to that water that I was speaking of. Come and drink today. Would you come to the well of salvation and experience my spirit? You can experience his spirit today. You can experience what it is. To have access to the well of living water. 
He was speaking about the Spirit on that day. I, I, I hope that this, this is seeking in for somebody here today. If you have need, if you have never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then today you have access to that. Today you have access. It's in the well of salvation and it's wide open today. You can come in and you can come forward today and say, Lord, I want to receive your spirit. God, I want to have complete, Lord, to, to, to have this flowing completely out of my belly as Jesus promised. The rivers of living water. God, I want your spirit so much in me, Lord, that it's coming on out of me. Lord, let it come. Lord, let it be, uh, Lord, let it be something that is overflowing in my life. Let your spirit be overflowing. I don't just want a little bit, little drop here and there, but I want, Lord, every bit of it. Lord, I want access. I want everything, Lord, in my life to be full of the spirit. Amen. Can we stand today? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That well of salvation is available today for any, for any and all. Perhaps you're here today and you say, oh, I've, already, I've already been saved. I've already been saved. I've already had that experience. Well, this is still for you today. You still have access to the well of salvation. Because, as Jesus said, this is something that will flow out of your belly. Every day that you live, every day that you go, go about your life, there ought to be evidence of the Spirit. There ought to be evidence of the Spirit in the things that you do, in the places that you go. Amen. But let's come. The re- one of the reasons we come into the church is, is because, Lord, I, I want to be filled up. Lord, I want to be filled up. Lord, when I go throughout my day, Lord, I want, I want everything, Lord, about me, Lord, to be full of the Spirit, to be full of you. Amen. If you need a filling today, if you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost, if you need to just experience that well of salvation today, it's available for you right now. It's available for you right now. Amen. This church, we have not changed the message. I have not moved that well of salvation off from what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. But that same message is available for us today. If you haven't been baptized, then you can experience that today. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, you can experience that today. If you have received the Holy Ghost, but you need to be refilled, or you just want to just come and walk in it and just just experience it once again today, would you come forward right now? Amen. God is is present in this place here right now. His Spirit is here. It's 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 evident. It's 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 available to you. Amen. As we just sing this song, as we just come to a place of praise and worship amen this this opportunity is available right now you can be saved amen you can experience it again praise jesus praise jesus